Lord, thank you for your goodness towards us. Thank you for your mercy, your grace, your favor in our lives. Thank you for holding us, keeping us, sustaining us. Thank you for Jesus, your Holy Spirit, other saints, the church, your word. God, you've been such a good God to us. Now, Lord, I pray that somebody in here today might become a Christian. Let somebody's life change. Father, let somebody get real about you. Father, I pray that somebody will go to another level in the powerful presence of your Holy Spirit. Let your will be done in this house, Lord. Let somebody who strayed come back home. And I believe in victory right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now put those hands together and bless God. He's worthy. Hallelujah. There's a word from the Lord in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, and I'm going to focus in on verse 6. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the saints at Philippi to thank them for their constant financial support for his ministry and the advancement of the kingdom of God and to thank them for sending Epaphrodites, one of the members of their congregation who came alongside Paul at a difficult time and Epaphrodites he extended himself so far for the ministry that he almost died. And so Paul is thanking them for their financial gift and thanking them for their support by even giving up their members to come alongside. And because they bless Paul and bless somebody else, now we get a chance to benefit from that as he's responding to their love towards him. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I want to preach about unfinished business. Unfinished business. In Italy, there is a museum that displays the unfinished work of Michelangelo. Can you believe that? A museum that has on display the unfinished work of Michelangelo. So you see sketches that he never completed. You see statues that he never finished. You see sculptures that are halfway done. And there they are on display at a museum showing the unfinished work of Michelangelo. And I'm bringing that up because that's what I don't want to happen in this church. I don't want Eastern Star Church to become a ministry that is like a museum of unfinished work where, where we never finish school and we never follow through on commitments, and we never finish raising our children, and we never finish with our commitments in marriage, and we never finish new members classes, and we never finish the job that we start. I, I don't want this to become a museum of unfinished work. Now, of course, with Michelangelo in Italy, his work is too late for that to be finished because Michelangelo is dead. 
But the good news for you and I, even if we've been slack, even if we didn't do what we're supposed to do, God is still alive and well. Jesus was dead, but he's alive forevermore. And now he can come alongside and finish the work he has started. And this is what I love about what the Apostle Paul is writing to the saints in Philippi. He said, I'm confident of this, that he that began a good work in you shall carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I love that because the word to us is that if God starts something, he has the power to finish what he starts. So when God makes you a promise, when God opens a way for you, when God puts something in your spirit, when God starts something, begins something in your life, you can rest assured that God is going to complete what he started. God is going to do everything he said he's going to do. Listen to what Paul said, being confident in this. He said, this is what I believe. This is my trust factor. This is my hope, my expectation. This, this is my, I anticipate God doing this. He says, in my spirit, in my faith, I know God can. That's what the confidence is, y'all. It's, it's trusting. Because if you're going to understand that God will finish what he started, you got to have faith in him. And faith is the substance of things hoped for is the evidence of things you cannot see. You may not be able to see how God is going to do it. It may not even look like he's going to do it. But if he said he's going, if God started it, then God will carry it on to the day of completion. It's a faith act. It's the fact that I'm resting in the fact that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. It's a faith act. It's trusting without seeing. And, and, and that's, that's where I've matured in my walk with God. I, I've gotten to that point, y'all, that once God starts up, once God sets up, I, already know, I, I may not know how it's going to happen. I may not know when it's going to happen. I may not know who God is going to use to make it happen. But if he starts it, I know I got one or two witnesses. God's got the power to finish what he starts. And I, oh, I know why y'all not getting excited. I know why you can't get with this because the Apostle Paul uses a personal pronoun here. I mean, he uses a per pronoun here, and if you're not careful, you'll miss out on who he's talking about with this pronoun. He, he says, being confident of this, that he who began, and, and maybe, maybe you don't know who that he is. Maybe, maybe that's why you can't get excited because you don't know who he is. So let me, can I take two or three minutes just to tell you who he is? Uh, he, Elohim. He, El Shaddai. He's the Lord God Almighty. He, Jehovah. He's the one that makes promises and keeps promises. Uh, he, Elohim. Uh, he, uh, Jehovah Jireh, the one that provides. He, Jehovah Shammah, the one that, can I tell you who he is? Uh, he, Jehovah Nisi, that you can carry the banner high because he's going to help you in your fight. He, Jehovah Shammah, the one that shows up. Can I tell you who he is? He, Alpha and Omega. He, the beginning and the end. He, a bridge over troubled waters. He, water in dry places. He, food in a starving land. 
He clothes on our back. Can I tell you who he is? He grandma's walking cane. He a doctor that's never lost a patient. He a lawyer that's never, now that you know who he is, maybe you believe me when I tell you if he starts it, how many of you know he's got the power to finish what he starts? He will carry it on to the time of, of completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I love this, and, and I don't have to work so hard today because Paul has already outlined this. He says, he that began a good work will carry it on to the day of completion. I don't even have to outline it. Paul already did it. He that began a good work in you shall carry it on to the day of completion. Here's what he's saying. That God initiates it, that God perpetuates it, and then God consummates it. Y'all still ain't getting Paul's outline. Uh, that, that God commences it, God continues it, and then God concludes it. Y'all still not getting this outline. God starts it, God sustains it, and then God satisfies it. Y'all, God deals with this thing from start to finish. That's what I love about God. He doesn't start with us and then leave us. And I did my little background, all my little word studies and all that, and I'm reading different uh, commentaries on this and listening to different theologians speak concerning this, and they say that what Paul is really dealing with is the spiritual aspect of life. He's dealing with salvation, that God, when he starts salvation, he's going to stay with you until it is complete, until the day of Christ. Y'all do know Christ is coming again. And so he's, he's going to stay with you till Christ comes again. Now, now they say, that some the, not all, but some theologians say this is speaking of the spiritual salvation because salvation is in three parts. He, it starts with justification. It continues with sanctification. And then it comes to a completion in glorification. So in justification, when God begins a good work in you, that he then moves to sanctify you and then to glorify you. Because here's the thing about God. When God saves you, you don't have to wake up a few days later wondering, am I still saved? Because if he begins, God is not going to start with you and then leave you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So to be justified means he has saved you from the penalty of sin. And then to be sanctified means he's saving you from the power of sin. But to be glorified means he's saving you from the very presence of sin. God is telling us that he's not going to start with you by saving you from hell and then not see you through overcoming bad habits and make sure you get to living in heaven with him. He stays from start to finish. But my point is this. It's not just the spiritual Y'all, the principle works in any area and arena of life that if God starts it, it's not just salvation, it's anything God starts. The principle works in any area of life. If God starts it, he's also going to finish it. So if it's relationship, if God starts it, God's going to see it through. If it's marriage, if God starts it, well, God has joined together. Let no one separate. God is going to see it. If it's a business or a company, if God starts it, 
then you don't have to worry if you're going to make it. God is going to see it. If it's an educational situation, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry in your sophomore year if you're going to have what it takes to make it through your junior year. Here you a sophomore tripping, wondering if I'm going to have the money to make it through my junior year. Y'all, if God got you in as a freshman, he'll see you through as a sophomore. He'll pay your bills as a junior. He'll handle your senior year. Watch it. Then he'll take you to graduate school, help you to deal with postgraduate studies because God says, I'm not going to start and then not finish it. It's in, that's why I don't have to worry about anything, y'all. You don't have to worry about a thing. God's going to do everything he says. When God makes you a promise, when God puts something in your spirit, when God puts something in your heart, when God drops something in you, you don't have to wonder, can God see it through? You, and, and then when, when you start seeing, facing issues and coming up again and challenges and obstacles, you don't have to give up because God's going to finish it. You don't have to put a bullet through your head. You don't have to slit your wrist. You don't have to turn to drugs and alcohol. You don't have to run out on Christ and the church. If God said it, if God starts it, y'all, you, you don't have to go home tossing and turning, wondering how I'm going to make it. And it's God. God is going to do everything he said he's going to do. No, no, I already know. I already know. I'm not getting any amens because I, 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 understand, I understand what you're saying. You're thinking... Pastor, there have already been some things that have not been completed in my situation. So you're saying that if God starts it, he'll sustain it, and then he'll finish it. And Pastor, I'm trying to tell you there have already been some things in terms of relationship, in terms of business deals I've made in other areas. You said this principle works in every area, and it has not come to completion for me. But yet the Bible says that He'll bring it to completion. Okay, let me see if I can help you understand this. In verse 1, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, here it is, to all the saints. This promise is not for everybody. This promise is for people who have confessed a hope in Christ Jesus, who believe Jesus died on the cross and God raised him from, who's received Christ into their life for forgiveness of sin. And this word saint, it's not like a saint in the, in the terms of a Catholic saint where you got to perform three, uh, three miracles that are recorded before you can get sainthood and a few other things. This is saint in terms of the word, Greek word is hagios. It means to be unique. It means to be set apart. It means to be distinct. It is to be different. It's to be sanctified because when you deal with a Christian, we ought to be uniquely different from sinners. That we ought to, we cannot live like the world and then call ourselves saints. Y'all, somebody ought to be able to tell the difference between a saint and a sinner. They ought to look at the way we talk, how we relate to each other, how we walk, how we celebrate, how we deal with life. It ought to be different from, and when you are unique, when you've accepted Christ, the promise is that if God starts it, he's going to finish it. No, I know your argument. He said, Pastor, I have accepted Christ. I am a Christian, and there have been areas that have not come to completion. Okay, wait a minute. Let me, let me see if I can address that. You've accepted Christ, but some stuff still didn't get finished, and somehow you think there's something wrong either with God, the Word, or our understanding of this Word. 
The text says, uh, being confident in this, he who began a good work will see it to completion. So now, if it's not coming to completion, it may mean God didn't begin it. Because a lot of times, y'all, we like to go start our own thing, and then when it gets all jacked up and messed up, then we want to call God in. Y'all ain't helping me preach. And then expect for God to complete what we started. God said, I didn't promise to finish your business. I promised to finish my business. And if I start it, I'm going to complete it. The, Bible's, the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. In other words, if you are a saint that you claim to be, you ought to hang with saints. If you are a saint, you ought to have friends that are saints. If you're a saint, you ought to date a saint. If you are a saint, you ought to get in relationship with a saint. If you're a saint, you ought to marry a saint. Now, that's what God started. And then we want to run and get whoever and whatever we want that don't have, believe in nothing, let alone God, and don't go to nobody's church, read nobody's Bible, pray to nobody's God, and then we just want to get married so bad that we start this, and then when the thing is all jacked up, now we mad at God. But God didn't say, I'm going to complete what you, y'all ain't helping me. You, before you get into a business deal, you better check the background and make sure there's some morals and standards and values in the deal you're getting in. Because if there is no value in terms of God in it, God didn't promise he's going to finish it. But if God starts it, I know I got one or two witnesses. God will carry it on to the day of completion until the day of Christ. Okay, all right, here we go. If God, if God starts it, he's going to finish it. So now the question arises, how can I tell the difference? How do I know if God started it or if I wanted it so bad that I put it on God? How, how can I tell if this is something God began or if it's something that I wanted, that I desired so much that I convinced myself it was God? Now, I know y'all have never done that. You never wanted something so bad. So you just told this, this must be God because I wouldn't, I mean, God wouldn't, I, he wouldn't let me want it this bad. Okay, y'all don't, uh, you never wanted somebody so bad that you made yourself be convinced. Well, you know, if I marry them or if I get with them, then maybe I can win them to Christ. This must be, no, baby, uh-uh, uh-uh, You got to be able to tell the difference from our own carnal desires in wanting something bad versus God wanting us to have it. Then, Pastor, hurry up and tell us then, how do I know if it is of God? He that began a good work in you, wait a minute, that's it. He that began a good work. You know how you can tell us of God? It's if it is a good work. Because everything God does is good. That's how you can tell us of God, because what God does is good. Now, now, I'm not talking about good to you. I'm talking about good for you. I'm not talking about what feels good. Because there's some stuff that feels good that ain't good. Preach, Pastor. That ain't good. 
So it's got to be good from the perspective of God because everything God does is good. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without uh, the earth was void and without shape and form and darkness covered the face of the deep but the spirit of God moved and God said let there be light and there was light and God separated the light from the darkness the light he called day and the darkness he called night and that was the first day and it was good because everything God does is good so my issue now is it can't just be good it's got to be good from the perspective of God because just because you and I think it's good, that don't make it good. Because there is a defective mechanism in all of us in that all of us think we know what is good. It's a defective, something is wrong with all, it's something inside of us that's wrong. In that, all of us think we know what is good. And you sit up there going, wait a minute, Pastor, I do know what is good. See, that's the defective mechanism. We don't know. You know how I know we don't know what is good? Because in the book of Micah, the Bible says that the Lord says, I will show thee what is good. You know why God got to show us what's good? Because we don't know. We think we know. Because when, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he told them this. He said, you can eat of every tree in the garden except the one in the middle. Don't touch it. If you eat of it, you're going to die. A low-down, dirty snake slithers his way in their situation and convinces them, you're not going to die if you eat of that tree. You're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. So they ate of the tree. And the Bible even says that after they ate of the tree, then they knew good and evil. So we think, well, that's, you're supposed to know the difference between good and evil. No, 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 no. After they ate of the tree that God told them to eat of, they knew good and evil from their own perspective. Before they ate of the tree, whatever God said was good, was good. Whatever God said was evil, was evil. But after they sinned, then good was not based on the perspective of God anymore. It was based on their own personal perspective. And so whatever they said was good, was good. Whatever they said was evil, was evil. And then they passed that defective mechanism all the way down to you and I. Into now, we think we know what is good. But what we think is good is based on our own personal preference. So if it pleases me, it's good. If it doesn't please me, it's evil. Y'all not getting it. Somebody right now say, you know what, pastor is just preaching too long. So the question is, from whose perspective? Your answer is, from mine, because I know what is good. And if I like long preaching, then it's good. If I don't like long preaching, then it is evil. But y'all, everybody cannot base good and evil on your perspective. So we got to get back to the way we were before the fall. And whatever God says is good is good. And whatever God says is evil is evil. So if I'm going to know what, it, what is of God, if God started it, it is when it is good from the perspective of God. And he must show Show me, reveal it through his word, through his spirit, so that I will know what is good. Now watch this. Now that he has began a good work in me, watch this. He's going he's to carry it on to the day of completion, until the day of Christ Jesus, which means we are not complete. Don't fool yourself. We're not complete. How do I know that? Because he says it's going to happen at the day of Christ Jesus. And y'all, Jesus has not returned yet. 
which means you and I are incomplete. Don't let all the compliments fool you. See, we get so many compliments until we think we're complete. No, even with the compliments, the accolades, and the applause, we are still incomplete. But don't trip because God ain't through with me yet. He's going to carry me on until the day of come. That's why you have to be patient with me because God is not through with me. But God is working on me because he started salvation in me. And if you would be patient with me, there is coming a day that I'm going to be Okay, no, 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 no. I stayed, last time I went to the hotel, I stayed at a five-star hotel. It was awesome, but they were under renovation. They were doing some work on it. So they had different sections roped off. They had workers in there working, making a bunch of noise, stripping stuff out, putting new things in. Then they had a big sign that says, pardon our dust. Uh, we are under renovations so that we might better serve you. And that's all I want to say to y'all today because I'm not everything I ought to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. But if you would excuse me and my dust, I'm under renovation. God is taking some stuff out of me, putting some new stuff in me, and, and he's doing it to make me better to serve you. Do I have a witness? And so we cannot prejudge each other. I'm not going to prejudge you. Because God is not through with you. I, I cannot, I can't judge you in the middle of a process. I have to wait until the day of completion. I got to wait until God gets finished with. See, y'all, we got to stop being so judgmental. You know what we like to do? We like to, we, we like to take isolated incidents and then bring judgment on a person's whole life. I saw so-and-so do this. I heard her say this. I saw them over there. So they must not be in it. They are hypocrite because I saw this, and so they must not be real because I saw them that day. And because of that, then they are not anything. Wait a minute. You're going to take an isolated incident and pass judgment on a person? And based on that isolated incident, then you're going to say they're nothing. Baby, God ain't through with them yet. Okay, no, no, y'all, okay, here it is, here it is. Grant Hill, y'all heard of Grant Hill? Played in the NBA, all that, played at Duke, won a national championship at Duke. He was averaging more than 20 points a game, seven assists, uh, seven rebounds, the kind of player he was until he hurt his ankle. Then he was in and out of basketball for about three or four years because his ankle was so bad, infection set in, all kind of stuff. He would try to come back, then he would, he would hurt again, go through rehab after rehab after rehab, and he went through this for years till so he finally came back to get back to the NBA level. Infection set in his ankle one year so bad that the infection spread through his whole body and it almost killed Grant Hill. Grant Hill almost died. But he came back from that, went through rehab, all that. They took something out of one part of his body, put it in his ankle to try to strengthen that. That's the stuff he's been, he had gone through for three or four years. He finally got back to the level. They interviewed Grant Hill's wife, and she said, I'm so proud of my husband because I saw him at his lowest moments, and I saw him working back. I saw him in periods of brokenness, and I saw what he did to get back to the left, and, and most folk don't know what he went through. She was just boasting and bragging on her husband. And then Grant Hill's wife told a story about when Grant Hill was in a cast because his ankle was all jacked up. He was in a cast, so he couldn't drive because he was in leg. His ankle was broken. 
So his wife was driving in Detroit. They needed to get gas. It's snowing, wind is blowing, wind chill factor is low, it's, it's crazy. So now Mrs. Hill was outside the car pumping gas. Here's a big grown man sitting in the car. People can't see the cast on his leg. They can only see his upper body. Here's, she's driving her man. They stop at a gas station. It's freezing cold. Her man's sitting in the warm car. She's out pumping gas. She said a man pulls up and gets in their business, rolls down his window and says, ma'am, I don't know who you have in that car, but I believe you can do a whole lot better than that. Then he drove up. See, he took an isolated incident and passed judgment on a man who was experiencing temporary brokenness because all he saw was half the situation. And here's the thing. Grant Hill is a Christian. Grant Hill's got the Holy spirit in him. He's given away millions of dollars to the poor. He's got a degree from Duke University. He's got just as good as character as anybody in his profession. He's reached the peak of his profession. But here is somebody looking at a temporary period of brokenness and passing judgment on a good man. Let me help you with something. You don't ever see the whole story. You don't never know the real deal. So instead of passing judgment on somebody, just let God work it out. Because how how many of you know God can take you from a temporary brokenness, restore you, and then carry you on to the day of completion? Wait a minute, Pastor. If since God can start it and God can complete it, I want to know. I wonder if you can answer why is He taking so long, Pastor? I do have the confidence God can do it. I know He can do it. I trust that. I know He'll carry it on to the day of completion, but. Why is he taking so long to finish what he has started in my life? In school, and you, you're in and out of school. You got your business, you got it up, but it's not quite to where you believe God told you it's going to go. You, you marry, and y'all ain't going nowhere, but it's, you know what, y'all just surviving and not thriving. And here God's saying, if I start, even your walk with God is not everything you thought it was going to be, and you try to figure out why is it taking so, God so long to bring me to the day of completion? Why is it taking? Let me see if I can help you understand. Uh, good work takes time. Okay, y'all don't like that. Uh, okay, here's why it's taking so long. Um, he that began a good work in you carry it on to the day of completion. I'm trying to show you why it's taking so long to finish your stuff. Why God can't rush this. Because uh, he's doing a good work in you. Y'all not getting this. Here's why it can't happen so quickly. It can't, it's, it's taking some time with this. Because look at where the work <laughs> has to take place. In you. Y'all still not getting this. Uh, since the work is in us, our minds, our perspectives, our thought process, our intellect, our psyche, our mentality, our heart, our soul, our emotion, there's a, there's a lot of, he's working in us. And y'all, if, if I had time to testify about how messed up it is, in me, 
And y'all ain't got to look at me all holy. I'm trying to tell you why it's taking so long to get to the day of completion because he's trying to work it in you. Y'all help me preach this. Look at somebody and tell them why it's taking so long. Tell them the problem is it's... Okay. Y'all not understanding. Here it is. You said, okay, but pastor, I know he's got a lot of work to do in me. I understand that. I understand that. But pastor, he created the universe in six days. In six days. Now, if he can do all of that in six days, then he ought to leak. I mean, pastor, it's been, it's been six years for me. It's been years in and out of this. Years trying to come to grips. Years trying to get my walk right with God. Years of this. Now, if he can create the universe in six days, he'll at least be able to hook me up in six weeks. I mean, at the most six months. I can't see this thing going past six months. Why is it taking years on me when it took six days on the universe? Okay, let me show you why it takes so long on us and six days on the universe. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Let the firmament of the sky separate from the firmament of the atmosphere of the earth. And there was the heavens, and then there was the atmosphere of the earth. It happened just like God said. Uh, let the rivers, let the waters be divided from the land. And so oceans rushed so far, then stopped so that the waters would be separate from the land. Uh, let, let seed that bear fruit bring forth its fruit. Apples, oranges, grapes, figs, all kind of stuff, right? Uh, let, let the beasts run the field. They took off running. Let the fish swim. They took off swimming. Let the birds fly. They took off soaring. Adam, don't eat of this tree. then he does diametrically opposite of what the Lord told him to do. See, y'all, everything else in the universe cooperated. And then when he got to us, we were uncooperative. Then we start arguing with God. Well, can I just eat this one time? Can I just, well, maybe he doesn't mean me. Well, you know I'm only human. And then we wonder why it's not finished. We don't cooperate. Let there be light. It obeyed. Let the sky be separate from the atmosphere of the earth. It did just what it said. Let the trees bear fruit. They, they, they complied and then start telling us what to do. Y'all ain't helping me preach this thing. You got to participate. If you, if you want to hasten the day of completion, you have to participate in your own deliverance. Uh, I was listening to Alonzo Mourning. You know, Alonzo Mourning played in the NBA, won a championship with the Miami Heat and Shaquille O'Neal. And, and so they were interviewing Alonzo Mourning because he's like the, the face of, 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 of uh, organ donations. You know, he's trying to get everybody to, to be a donor in terms of organs because he had a kidney transplant. His kidney was so jacked up, they had to take it out, put another one in. He had a transplant. And so now he's running around talking to people who have had transplants because he went from being very low to being at the level of a professional athlete. And he's trying to get you and I, especially those of us of color, to start donating organs because we won't do that, y'all. And more than likely, people who look like us 
will have a better match with people that look like us. So we're supposed to donate our organs. I ain't getting that one amen. Because somehow y'all think you're going to need these in the resurrection. When, when we all caught up together, me, somehow you think in your re- you're going to have a glorified body. You won't use that same kidney. You won't use that same heart. And y'all, they don't take it out till you're dead. They don't take it while you're still living. So they interviewing Alonzo Mourning. He's talking about how he made it back. And he, here's what Alonzo Mourning said. He said, well, they took the kidney out, put another one in. Then I had to get back to the level I was on. He said, but I could not just take my medicine and sit on the couch. He said, I also had to eat right. And Lonzo Morning said that most of us care more about our cars than we do our own bodies. Because we careful about what kind of fuel we put. A, we put the best fuel in the car, and then we drive it up in a restaurant and eat anything we want to eat. And then he said, not only must I eat right, he said, then I got to exercise. I can't just sit down and do nothing and expect to be healed by just taking medicine. Then then he said, I also got to rest. I can't just run and do anything I want to do. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. If you're going to get to the level of completion, you have to participate in your own deliverance. You cannot just come to church on Sunday and take your medicine and sit on the pew. But y'all, you got to be careful with what you eat. Be careful with the philosophy you entertain. Stop listening to all those crazy, nasty jokes. Watch what you pull up on the internet because you got to be careful what you put in you. Then you can't just sit on the pew because you got to exercise. You can't come to church and watch other folks serve. You got to get busy for yourself. And then you got to learn how to rest in the Lord. Stop being so restless and know God is going to work everything out and rest. How many of you know, then you hasten your day to completion. He that began a good work in you will carry it on to the day of completion. Watch this. Until the day of Christ. This is my last point. I love this. He's going to bring, he's going to finish the work. And watch this. He's going to complete it. Until the day of Christ Jesus. Now y'all know Christ is going to have his day. Jesus is coming again. Christ is going to show up that, that's, that's why I can be excited and thrilled, even though I go through issues and challenges. You know why I can still be excited, still have joy? Because I know Christ is going to have his day. Jesus is coming again. And I listen to all these, all these atheists arguing that God doesn't exist. Why are you arguing the fact he doesn't exist? I don't believe in ghosts, but I ain't running around arguing about it because they don't exist. And, but God, Christ is going to have his day. Then all these agnostics and all their crazy arguments about whether or not Jesus is real. And then all these crazy movies coming out. Talking about they, they done found the bones of Jesus. They did a DNA. Y'all still got folk locked up in the prison. Y'all ain't did DNA on them. Now you done went back 2,000 years and did a DNA on some bones? And who did you check it against? Did you get a sample of Jesus' father? Did God give you a sample of his DNA? And then, then the Da Vinci Code got y'all thinking there's some secret that Da Vinci has come up with a secret about Jesus. And he has this illicit sexual relationship with Mary Magdalene. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, you didn't have any black folk at the table. At least one of the disciples was a Canaanite. 
he was black. And you didn't have no black people anywhere else. Y'all, black people lived in the first century. Y'all, you got Egypt right there next to Israel. So you know black folk lived in the first century. And uh, Da Vinci, you got a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, pale white-skinned Jesus. At least he would have a suntan living in the desert. Now, I don't believe you got the secret right if you can't get the obvious right. If you can't get the obvious, how you gonna get the secret? The only thing Da Vinci got right is that he had Jesus at the center of the table. That's it. But Jesus is coming again. He's going to have his day. All of these crazy folk are going to have to bow down to Jesus because every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess because there is a day of Christ. There's a great day coming, y'all. Jesus is going to descend from heaven with the shout of the archangel. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those of us that remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the sky. Y'all do know there's a day of Christ. That's why I got so much joy. It doesn't mean I don't have challenges and issues in my marriage and my kids don't act crazy sometime. And th that's not what that means. I got joy because I know Jesus is going to show up. And when Jesus shows up, I know he's going to show out. He's going to do everything. There is going to be a day of Christ. Have you, ever, have you ever had a great day approaching? A great day, something great in your life. You knew it was coming. So now you got anticipation. Now you have expectation. Now you got preparation. Why? Because I, I got a great day coming. You, you, you ever been to the prom? Y'all holy, y'all didn't go to the prom. Don't you remember your expectation and preparation? Because the great day, the prom was coming. So there you are getting your hair done for the first time. Uh, wearing makeup for the first time. Putting on lipstick and fingernail polish for the first time. Getting ready to fall in heels because you've been wearing basketball shoes all your life. Getting ready to fall off your heels because you got them on for the first time. But, but you were excited because a great day was coming. Uh, Y'all ever graduate from anything? I mean anything. <laughs> Junior high school. <laughs> I don't know how far back I got to go for some. High school, college, graduates, when that day is coming, you get excited because all the hell you've been through, all the sacrifices you made, all the issues, the incompletes, the failures, the makeups, and finally, here comes that day. And so there's anticipation and, and celebration, as, as you, you know it's getting ready to come. Anybody in here ever been married? See how quiet they got now. See, when you look back on it, it don't seem like that great a day. But I'm talking about when you was looking towards the day coming. It was an excitement about it. And you were getting ready for it. And you were getting prepared because you knew the day was coming. Now you know how I feel about the second coming of Christ. I'm so excited because I know he's coming again. I know what you're saying because some of y'all know me and you're saying, Pastor, you're not ready. No, I'm not ready, but I ain't worried because it ain't that day because God promised me that he would have me completed by that day. When Jesus comes, y'all, I'm going to be ready. No, I ain't ready today, but when that day comes, I'm going to be ready. You know what? When, when, it, when it's Sunday for church, I don't put my clothes on on Saturday. 
But when the day comes, I got my stuff right because I'm ready on that day. Now, on Saturday, I am preparing. I'm laying out my suit. I'm matching it up with my shirt. I'm getting my tie hooked up. And if I can find my socks, I'm laying my socks out. I got my shoes together. Why? Because I know a day is getting ready to come. Y'all, there is a day coming. Jesus shall descend from heaven with the shout of the archangel. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Those of us that remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the sky. Some glad morning when this life is over. Do I have a witness? We'll fly. I can't wait for that day. But you got to get prepared. You got to get ready. And it, it takes some time to get ready for that day. Even when you got married, remember how long it, it, you took at, at the beauty shop? Come on now, think back with me a moment. Just remember when you were getting ready uh, to go to the prom, how long it took at the beauty shop. And that was just to work on your head. You ain't started on your hands and feet yet because you got to get to those first. But the reason why it took so long is because, first of all, before they could get you together, they had to wash some stuff out because there's some stuff that shouldn't have been there. So they got to wash it first. Then they had to put something in it in order to straighten it out. Y'all ain't getting this. And then they had to put in some oil to make it stay where it put. Oh, y'all, here's what I'm telling you. God has got to work on our heads before the day of Christ because he's got to wash our minds because some of us got some dirty minds. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Then he got to put the Holy Ghost in us to straighten our mess out. And then the oil of the Holy Ghost helped keep us straight to the day that Jesus comes. Do I have a witness in here? I got to close. I got to close. But I thank God Christ has a day. He's coming again, and that's when the completion is going to come. I got I to shut it down, but somebody's saying, Pastor, this day of completion and this finish, I don't think it's going to happen to me. It's too late for me. What do you mean it's too late for you? Well, you mentioned whatever area God starts in, he's going to finish it. But I've been married and divorced, and the person I divorced is already remarried, got kids by somebody else. That ain't coming up. That, that's not going to happen for me. That was a crushing time in my life. That, that, Pastor, I tried to do it right and raise my children in the way and the admonition of the Lord, and they still strayed and did things I didn't raise them to do. It's, it's, it's just not going to finish the way I thought it was going to finish. That I gave my life to Christ. I became a tither. I still lost my home, still lost my job. It's just, it's just not going to happen. I, I, I've gone to school, couldn't find a job in my field, and now this sounds good but it's not going to finish the way I thought it was going to finish. It's back to perspective because the completion is not the way you thought. The completion is the way God always designed it. And y'all, when you go through an issue in your life and it doesn't turn out the way you thought, don't you give up on God because God is able to work things out for your good and he will give you at the completion something was better than what you thought you were going to get at the beginning. Here it is. Let me close it like this. Uh, Dr. Freddie Haynes tells this illustration about the teenager in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. And this teenager, it's been a few years ago, this teenager was so gifted and so athletic until uh, they were on their way to the Olympics, preparing to go to the Olympics in swimming. A teenager in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands, gifted young man, 
So he would work every day trying to get himself together because he's trying to go to the Olympics. He's got the ability to do it. He's got the skill to do it. He's, he's got the strength to do it, the mindset to do it. But then Hurricane Andrew hit. And when Hurricane Andrew came through, it destroyed the only Olympic-sized pool in St. Thomas. So after the storm, his dreams were gone. Dreams destroyed, dreams deferred. Why? Because he was trying to swim his way to the Olympics. That's what he wanted. But now the only Olympic-sized pool has been destroyed by the storm. And there he was, frustrated, distraught, cannot live out his dream. Somebody walks up on and said, man, I know you're disappointed that you can't swim, but you're kind of tall. Why don't you try basketball? So he turned to basketball, played so well, he got a scholarship to Wake Forest. When he got to Wake Forest, had such a great four-year period, got his degree from Wake Forest, became one of the, the greatest college basketball players ever. Number one draft choice in the NBA. Won one championship after another. Won one with David Robinson and Avery Johnson. Won the MVP of the league. Won the MVP of the championship series. Won the most, the best defensive player in the league. And even Shaquille O'Neal calls him Mr. Fundamentals. His name is Tim Duncan. But the only reason you and I know Tim Duncan is because his dreams got destroyed. And when those dreams got destroyed, God had another plan for him. And he, we never would have heard of him swimming in the Olympics. But now he's at the peak of his profession. He's a multi-millionaire giving his life to Christ. Why? Because when your stuff is torn down, if God started it, God is going to finish it. Do I have a witness in here? God will get it done. That's why I thank God for my mountains. I thank him for my valleys. I thank him for all he's brought me through. If I never had a problem, how would I know God could solve them? How would I know what faith in his word could do? But through it all, I know I got a witness. I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. Won't God make a way for you? Somebody shout yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all, everybody stand with me. If you want, I'm going to pray right now. If you want to come to the altar, I, I want to agree with you in prayer. There's some things God has placed in your spirit about your family, your children, your career, your educational situation, your business, your, your walk with God. God has started some things. But yet, it just don't seem like it's doing what you thought it was going to do. But it's not about doing what you thought. 